0: we Everybody and welcome to the breakfast show. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia or wherever you are. Just in case you're overseas, my name is Sharissa, and joining me at the desk in the studio today is a daily listener and regular guest, Darren. Welcome.
1: Yes, Darren's back again. I'm a Faith (laughs) FM tragic. I do it every morning. I try and guess the quiz. I often try and get the bragging rights. Oh, good
0: on you. It's good to have you here and both of us. We are standing in for the double L team who are on their way north to uh, witness and celebrate Lyle's
1: son's wedding. That's it's awesome. So exciting. So Lyle, if you're listening and Lawson, we're a big shout out. Yes. We hope we do the show justice today. <laughs> we, we are. Yes,
0: we, we really do. And I'm looking forward to it with you, Darren. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. So Darren, what are you grateful for today?
1: Well, today, Chris, so sitting on the table, I've brought you in a beautiful bowl of fresh mandarins you picked have. from the tree at 5 a.m. this morning. I
0: wish everyone could see this. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great.
1: Yeah, I live on a property that has 45 fruit trees planted by generations of my wife's um, ancestors. So um, we um, enjoy the fruit and, yeah, cold weather brings his fruit on to lovely sweetness so we have imperial mandarins and daisy mandarins that are sweet off the tree
0: wow so i wasn't as thankful for the call this morning but today i am joining you in our <laughs> gratitude for it thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM all right. So, coming up on today's show, we've got a lot to talk about. And some of the things we're going to talk about, real quick, to give you a preview, we're going to be talking about the latest breaking news from the U.S. Supreme Court, as well as uh, the North Korean food crisis and a story about a cat, which I think you're going to going find to very to interesting. <laughs> yep. So, all right, Darren. So, what's in the, happening in the realm of positively different news, since this is positively different radio?
1: Yes. Well, scrolling through news stories is sometimes hard to find. a positive news story at the moment and you've got lots of news stories today to share and I hope you get through them all (laughs) Um, but this morning one came in that's really positive and it's right up my alley I'm reading a book called The Music Advantage by Dr Anita Collins and it says how learning music helps your child's brain and well-being
2: Uh
1: so brain research has revealed something extraordinary learning music and listening to music can grow and repair our brains at any age. That's, that's wow. what it's all about. And it's that's got the research in there. Wow. Uh, did so, you learn a musical instrument at all?
0: I did. I I remember having piano lessons when I was four. And I, I didn't like having the piano lessons. The so <laughs> piano like. teacher came to our house and I would go and hide under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and she had to come look for me. That was part of it. <laughs> Um, so when she found me, then I sat down and did the piano. But yeah, I had piano lessons. I play a bit of the trumpet. It's a family, uh, thing. My dad's dad, my, his grandfather played the trumpet. So my dad plays the trumpet. I play the trumpet. My sister plays the trumpet. So
1: it's a family thing to play the trumpet.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, my great grandfather, who was Samoan, he also wrote the Samoan national anthem. He could play two trumpets at the same time. Really? Uh huh. Really? Because someone in Fiji dared him to do it. I believe that's how it happened. And so he practised and he could harmonise. He could play two trumpets, put both to his mouth and play them. Imagine the, the
1: brain having to do that. To, to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my three brothers all play the trumpet and I remember learning, um, when they were learning, um, mum and dad locked them in the bathroom because it sounded like a, a cat being killed almost yeah, um, yeah, trying yeah. to learn to blow. And, um And and get those notes, but um. So they were in the bathroom. I um. I learnt the flute, so I play the flute and um. Joined the school big band and more or less taught myself how to play the flute. I play it by ear pretty well, and so yeah. But interesting news today that's um just broken this morning. Um, is about a lady in Greece, Alexandra. Now, forgive my pronunciation. (laughs) Care Liddell (laughs) sits in her wheelchair on stage in Athens and she's playing the harp. Wow. But here's the story. Uh She has cerebral palsy. Wow. So with only the shift of her eyes across a computer screen, the 21-year-old fills the air with harp music. That's
0: amazing.
1: So so she, <coughs> you use your eyes uh-huh. and you look at this wheel on the screen, and whatever you look at is the note that you play
0: so um, that's what you read on the news. was there a clip of it? could we hear could did you hear it
1: no i didn't I didn't I hear no, it. I could have gone googling for the clip, but um, yeah. I'm just reading the story here that's It says eye tracking software follows a musician's eyes across notes, allowing people with disabilities to play. Um, It was invented by Zacharias, now he's another pronunciation, Vambacousas, (laughs) says he came up with the idea after a musician friend was hurt in an accident. They were going to go and play a concert and um, he had an accident and he realised his friend couldn't play anymore. Mm -hmm. And so he's a musical technological inventor and so he invented this program to help his friend um, play again. So I think that's beautiful. That's
0: a great invention.
1: He says now that over 2,000 people have downloaded um, the game or the the, um, software. Uh Um, It's it's the same sort of software used in gaming, um, but he's adapted it to be used in uh, music. Um, The student with cerebral palsy cannot use her hands or speak. Um, is playing the i There's a picture of her playing mm. in the orchestra. Mm. Um, gaze-controlled digital software, which allows people with physical disabilities to play music. Um, she says, I felt strange. I never imagined such a thing, said Mrs Carol O'Dow, using a speech-generating computer program, as she described trying the i for the first time in her home with the creator. Um, a computer scientist and musician, Mr Van Mekousis, who inspired to create the program, um says that basically he wants people who are disabled to be able to enjoy playing and um, participating in an orchestra.
0: That's amazing. So there's hope for anyone if they feel like they can't play an instrument. You can even learn to play the IHOP.
1: That's right, or, or any other instrument. <laughs> any other
0: matter. instrument, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> so, and you've still got to use... A, I skilled. can imagine the eye oh, control. Yeah. You've got to be able to say so the Incredibly eye rests skilled. on each musical note.
0: Wow. <laughs> I want to look this up. I'm going to look this up and see if I can hear what uh, she sounds like, because that is fascinating. You know, when I was in high school, I remember when it came to sitting the HSC, I read something about how classical music helps your brain light up.
1: Oh, I did that too. <laughs> you try everything. Yeah, you did. Classical music, and, and Mum said, drink rosemary tea. So Mum wow. made rosemary tea, That's rosemary and mint tea, because uh-huh. it meant to help your brain.
0: Yeah. Well, my mum gave me sunflower seeds. <laughs> <laughs> she, she only gave them to us at the time of the exam, so <laughs> so we did that, and uh, yeah, I don't know if it worked, but we listened to classical music as we studied, and I even tried listening to it as I fell asleep um, to see if that helped. But yeah, fascinating story. It um,
1: is. It says under the program, it needs a discipline and concerns and concentration. Um, and practice the same as any musical instrument. Wow but he says as one has to keep the eyes from wandering too <laughs> yeah. quickly to the next note yeah. so you 're training your eyes to play rather than your hands or your mouth or whatever else it might be
0: that's amazing.
1: But students are thrilled, especially disabled students when they hear their efforts and and able to play in an orchestra.
0: Well, Darren, I'm glad you shared that with us this morning. That was positively different. Yeah, well, look, in other news, serious news around the world, I was sharing uh, with you, Darren, this morning in studio as you got here and I'll share with our listeners. Here's the uh, headline of the article, Supreme Court sides with Catholic foster agency that excludes same-sex couples in a nine zero ruling. So
1: 9-0? Where's nine that? Zero.
0: This is in the United States. It was a unanimous ruling. The, the highest judicial body in the United States made this ruling. So it's fresh news. It happened just hours ago. Uh, I'll just read a little bit more from the article. Uh, the Supreme Court sided unanimously with the Catholic foster agency in a dispute against the city of Philadelphia over whether it should be banned from participating in the city's foster program because it excluded same sex mm. couples. Mm. Uh, the group, the Catholic Social Services Club, claimed that quote Philadelphia's attempts to exclude the Catholic Church from foster care violated the first Amendment lawyers for the city meanwhile said that the Catholic social services lacks a constitutional right to demand um, and go on further but yeah nine zero so that's complete unanimous
1: ruling isn't that interesting there's probably no comeback from that like <laughs> yeah. there's no appeal I mean that's that's unanimous that's just right. like Wow.
0: Yeah. If I can read to you what Chief Justice John Roberts wrote, he wrote the majority opinions, and like this is the summary of all of their opinions. He says the Catholic Social Services seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else. He goes on, the refusal of Philadelphia to contract with the Catholic Social Services for the provision of foster care Services, unless it agrees to certify same sex couples as foster parents, cannot survive strict scrutiny and violates the First Amendment. Wow. So that's a win wow. for religious liberty. You know the freedom to exercise your religious conviction uh, there in the United States, but yeah, fascinating and news headline there.
1: It is. That's just just a that's just um mind blowing that the actually unanimous nine nil. It's like not even close. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure uh, Lyle and Lawson will have more to say on these issues when they <laughs> yeah, come Lyle's, back. Lyle and Lawson follow this stuff closely. They so. do.
0: They love this stuff. So uh, the second article that I have here, highlight from the news, is Kim Jong Un admits new North Korea is. Free Facing a tense food situation, and I was just
1: oh, finally <laughs> <laughs> Through all these years.
0: That's right. He's admitted his country is facing food sort shortages, and he blamed it on last year's typhoon and floods. Just months after he warned North Koreans about a looming potential crisis. He's told his country members to prepare for an arduous march and this term refers to a period of devastating famine that occurred in the 1990s when North Korea's economy spiraled downward following the collapse of the Soviet Union which ended the flow of aid into the country and at that time, this is the article, hundreds of thousands of people or as many as 10% of the country's population were estimated to have starved to death. So this is serious stuff. We
1: need to pray for North Korea. We
0: absolutely yeah. do. Uh, this reminds me, Darren, of, you know, what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. He talked about the signs that would signal uh, the his soon coming mm, to yeah, earth. And yeah. he mentioned in that chapter famines being one of those signs that we would see happening. And this is an epic famine that, that the North Korean people are facing. Uh, the UN is looking at how they can Help, but warns that yeah. Regardless, they could face a very harsh or lean period between August and October this year. So we just but
1: hang on. If Kim Jong Un is admitting that he has a problem, which he never does, it's big. Isn't this it? is pretty serious? That's <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: that's about as big as a famine, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that's those two articles, and this one I just want to make sure we slip in there. It's kind of not as serious, but it is. It was a shock for a family. This is two days ago from the BBC, and the headline reads, Family's shock as cat they thought they had cremated comes home.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> what happened?
0: All right, so the family got a huge shock when their pet cat that they thought they had cremated and they had the ashes with them and they at the home turned up alive and well. Frankie. A 16-year-old tabby went missing from his home in Warrington, Cheshire on the 19th of May, and days later, a similar-looking dead cat was found on the motorway on one of high- England's highways. They brought the cat to the family, and, um, you know, they declared when this their real cat turned up on their steps, it's a miracle.
1: <laughs> the resurrection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the 7-year-old said, it's a miracle. We thought he was dead. Um, and so, yeah, what a happy ending for this family. But as uh, the mother of the family says, she says, we cremated someone else's cat.
1: They cremated the wrong cat and <laughs> the cat came back. They say cats have nine lives. And this-
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, how about Frankie's lives there?
1: But surely you would know your cat. you would know the markings on your cat. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's what I, I. it says here. She saw the dead cat. And she said it looked identical to Frankie on the highway. Even highway workers confirmed the markings and everything. So what a wonderful story and what a sad story for another cat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for the family whose cat's been cremated, but, um, they don't yes, have it. <laughs> uh, happy for the family who had a happy ending. Their, their cat came, imagine the shock of it walking the door. <laughs>
0: Oh, I wish all stories had such a change of um, circumstances. Well, we're going to go to an interview now. And joining us on the line, we have a very special guest from Sydney, Barand Neustrad. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Pastor Barand.
3: Hi, Jalisa. Glad to be with you.
0: Oh, it's such a blessing to have you joining us on the breakfast show this morning. We wanted to bring you in because you are an expert in Bible history, but in particular, the book of Genesis is a favorite of yours. Um, yeah. we have you regularly on this program also. I know that you've been here before. So today I thought we could talk about Genesis chapter 22, which is, um, a problematic chapter for some people, but Yeah, maybe you can give us a little bit of the setting and the background for our listeners. And then the first question I have for you is, why does God ask Abraham to do what he does in this chapter?
3: Yeah, at first sight, it appears to be a very cruel exercise Mm. that Abraham was put through. And uh, one might wonder if Abraham would have failed, what would have happened then? And of course, one might have had to rewrite the Bible, actually. It's interesting, of course, and what would have happened to human history for that matter. God knew the outcome. Mm-hmm. The benefit of the text was not to put God in the picture whether Abraham would or would not. The benefit was of the whole exercise that God was justified uh-huh. to have his friend uh, be the progenitor of the chosen nation and of the one to come in whom all the nations will be blessed. In fact, here is something very interesting. It's really a very touching chapter,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because God is sharing with his friend Abram. Now, we got to understand that Abram is the friend of God. You, you, you find it in Isaiah 41. You can find it in 2 Chronicles 20. You can go to James chapter 2. Abram has a very special title. He is the friend of God. Yes. And friends share their most intimate feelings, don't they? Mm. That is his friend, Abraham, what it's like to offer your only beloved son. And that is what happened.
0: Wow. So uh, you mentioned there something interesting. You said he asked Abraham to offer his only son. I'm just wondering, didn't Abraham have two sons? So why, why, why did oh, God indeed. call him this?
3: Yeah, I did indeed, and this is Ishmael, of course, and the the decision, that fateful decision, to take Hagar as a wife or concubine and uh, have a as a son that way, by the name of Ishmael, of course, is a is a reality that still reverberates today in the Middle East, and uh, one could talk about that for quite a while.
2: Mm.
3: God didn't recognize per se uh, the legitimacy of Ishmael. It was not God's design. Uh, Ishmael was not to be the chosen nation. God knew the character of Ishmael and the choices he would make. Mm-hmm. He blessed him, <coughs> but he was not the one through whom the promise was to come. That was the one of God's choosing. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, perhaps the one thing that Satan held against. Abram and uh, in, in his way of the way he accuses us before God as the Bible teaches. It's very fascinating. <clears throat> in a book called Patriarchs and Prophets, that in the chapter that we're dealing with, a commentary by her, by Alan you White, she says, and I love this little statement, she says, Satan was proven wrong. Hmm. It's right there at the end of the chapter. It was a test. Yeah. For the benefit, I think for the benefit of Abram too, of course, mm-hmm. for the benefit of us. Because the secret lies in the name of the mountain.
2: Ah. Okay.
3: The, the mountain is called Mount Moriah. Yes. Now, More in Hebrew is teacher. More is my teacher. Yah is the abbreviated form of the Yavadi covenant keeping name of God, uh, his personal name, and so God, uh, the Lord, (coughs) became his teacher, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that gives us an understanding of the statement that Jesus made, and we find that in the Gospel of John chapter 8, Jesus disputing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes as he so often did, as you know, he said, Your father Abram reduced to see my day, he saw it and he was glad. Mm. Now, they said, Well, you're not even 50 years old. I mean, it's 1800 years before Christ had his ministry. But the interesting thing is, uh, Abram understood the plan of salvation through going through this exercise. Mm. This is really an introduction. Uh, mount Moriah, as you know, is the the Temple Mount today. Still there, it, it's Mount Moriah. That's where the teaching of God is finding place. How God saves us. Yes. And Abram saw that, and he was glad because he knew salvation was coming. Mm. And would be secured. And he was glad in it when he saw his day. Whose day? Well, of the one to come, the Messiah to come. The one who was actually teaching him as God, who was teaching him.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that is the name of, in fact, uh, Abram gave that mountain, the name, Yavai which means, Yirei comes from um, the third Yara, that means to see.
2: Uh-huh.
3: It also means to provide. So, So Abram... Uh, Called the name of the mountain Mount Moriah also Where the Lord will provide The Lord will provide What did he provide? Well the ram that was caught With its horn in the thicket Of the bushes so it couldn't get away Mm
2: -hmm.
3: The one that took the place Of Isaac And I think the I always ask the people Who does Isaac represent And I always get the answer Oh he represented Christ Mm-hmm. Jesus, but that's not true Isaac represents us, Israel ah, spiritual Israel Okay, the one that represents Christ is the ram yes. an animal of sacrifice for the people yes. who was caught with his horns which denotes the forehead the, the mind uh, with the thicket, and the thicket is really an emblem of uh, deteriorated, mutated fauna mm. flora, I'm sorry and that really means that is Christ, the one who got caught up in the sin problem of the world as is his mind, and also his mind mm. and so he became the substitute Yes. There's
0: a lot of substitution in the in the chapter. Um, yeah. Byron, as you're speaking there, I'm, I'm remembering something that I read uh, about Richard Dawkins and what he thought about this story, and he he really doesn't like it because um, he calls it child abuse. What would you say to yeah. that?
3: Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of Richard Dawkins and he's not doing himself and he never has done himself any favors. Um, I think he missed the whole point. Mm. But if salvation is not your pursuit, then yes, I understand. You cannot understand. Mm. But the richness and the love and the provision that is you know, given because of that love Mm. What God did for the human race uh, What God the Father did by giving his own son You wouldn't call that child abuse mm. He misses the whole point Yeah, and That's sad
0: Yeah, it is sad And I guess at this point too Ab- um, Not Abraham, Isaac wasn't a child,
3: was he? No Yeah. No, probably a stepping lad of about 20 years of age uh, Which would uh, put the age of Abraham at the uh, you make a good point of 120 years old. Okay. I mean, uh, Abe, uh, Isaac could have run away or resisted and would have physically had no difficulty doing that. But he did submit in that he was Christ-like. Mm. He did fully submit. Mm. But he does represent us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so it's, it's a fascinating chapter, and you're, you're shedding so much light and beauty to it. I'm just wondering, too, you know, someone might be reading it or listening and thinking, well, how do we know? Is there any way uh, that we could know for sure that Abraham would have actually done the deed had, um, had God not stopped him at that moment? Like, was he, was he pretending? Is there...
3: Good question. Very good question. The one I struggled with as well the the reality is um i think it was for all to see when i say it was all for all to see i think heaven itself was perhaps the most interested uh audience to this whole affair and saw the the, the loyalty and the obedience of of the man abram um i think god there would have been a split second wouldn't there yeah. If God would have been one second too late Yeah Of course As Paul said in Hebrews 11 He could have Abram believed that God would have brought him back In fact he said to the two servants We will come back You're familiar with that yes. When you read that chapter We will come back So Abram believed that God could raise him up He, But still that doesn't I suppose, lessen the challenge of killing your your own son, the one whom you love. God said that, you know.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. God took the willingness for the deed, um, and that's what happened. And uh, I think it was it was never in doubt. It was never drawn in doubt, not even by Satan. Yeah. Uh, Abram was willing to do this. He trusted God.
0: Yeah. Ah, it's, a, it's amazing, and, and you just highlighted another detail back there in Genesis 22 about, you know, Abraham's word to his servant and, you know, the we, we will come back to you, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, I
3: love that. Yeah. I love
0: that. The, the yeah. mathematics of Genesis 22 is very different. Yeah.
3: Okay. Two yeah. of us will come that's go it. up,
0: one will be sacrificed, and then two of us are coming back.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful, that's faith.
0: Yeah, and I also like how... Um, that he went up, the Bible even says he took the knife and the fire, so he wasn't even planning an excuse, was he?
3: No, no, it was for real.
0: Yeah.
3: Absolutely for real.
0: Yes. I think there's a
3: beautiful statement that Ellen White made, and I I, I think it cannot be improved upon. Mm-hmm. She's made a number of statements that you couldn't improve upon. This is one of them. He says, <coughs> he says about Abram, he serenely... Rose to a height never attained to before by mortal man. Mm. Powerful. I like that. I like that.
0: That's powerful. Well, is there yeah. anything else that you'd like to share in in regards to this chapter that you think our listeners should remember?
3: Oh, do how many hours do I have? I mean. <laughs> That's right. You have
0: one minute and thirty seconds.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think we we look at the uh, location that God says, and He says that a number of times. I put my name there in certain first chronicles. That is the story also of the stressing floor of Aruna or Ornan, as we call the Yabesai, which is the very location of Mount Moriah. Now, the stressing floor is stressing is adjustment. You separate the the, the kernels from the from the chaff. In your in in your agricultural uh, pastime there, and um, so that's another indication that the sanctuary is where it's where uh, uh, what shall I say uh, God and mankind really meet, mm-hmm. and the sanctuary is also of course extremely important that if you. Uh, if you go to the, the Gospel of John, where Jesus says in the second chapter, destroy this temple in three days, I will, yeah, build it up. Yes. And and so, um, referring to himself, so really, everything about the sanctuary pointed to Jesus.
2: Mm.
3: Everything of the sanctuary, every, every article, every material, every color, everything pointed to the Savior to come, the one, the one who uh, would be our, our substitute and, and offer himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the marvelous thing is when Abram gets that um, mountain, the name this uh, he, he, meaning the Lord will provide, the Lord provided himself. I think that is the essence, and Dawkins never got that.
2: Uh-huh.
3: God provided himself. So don't tell me this was child abuse. Yeah. nor was this self-abuse. This was a, a heart of love that wants to save the human race.
0: Uh, praise God. Amen. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this and for highlighting that the wonderful love of God that comes through in this chapter. It's been so good to chat with you today, Byron. Thank you for being a part Thanks, of the Karen. show. We look forward to Thanks. having you again.